Welcome to the Happy Sober Podcast, helping people get back in control of their life, happiness, peace, and purpose, and all without a drop of alcohol. For more information and to book your place on our next free quit drinking webinar, visit www.stopdrinkingexpert.com. And now, here's your host, Craig Beck. Hey, how you doing? This is Craig Beck, the Stop Drinking Expert. Uh, welcome on in. Got some really interesting stuff to talk about today. Uh, I've had a couple of people messaging me who they've kind of quit drinking for a month, two months, something like that. Uh, and they're a bit frustrated. They're saying things to me like, Craig, I've been sober for two months. I've not lost a single pound in weight. What the hell gives? They feel like they're being, you know, <laughs> conned by this process. They feel like life's raising one digit for them. Uh, I get it. I understand it. We'll talk about it in a minute. Um, before we go any further, let me remind you the New York Quit Drinking Boot Camp is days away. If you want to come and deal with your problem drinking in one amazing day, book it now because this is the last boot camp of the year. Don't miss this opportunity, okay? Also, if you haven't done the free webinar, why not? What are you waiting for? www.stopdrinkingexpert.com. So today I got an email from Michael. Now, Michael's been using my online stop drinking program and he's had great success with it. He's stopped drinking, but he's noticed some other things appearing in his life. And he's saying to me, Craig, I've noticed I'm craving coffee more. I'm getting these urges to go and buy a can of Red Bull. What gives? How can I get peace over everything in my life? How can I stop this happening? I've dealt with my drinking. I'm happy with that now. But these other things are popping up. It's like whack-a-mole. Is there any way of blanket, you know, dealing with everything? And Michael, if I, if I had one sentence that could fix this for you, I'd be a multi-billionaire because I think actually what you're asking is a lot deeper and more profound than it first appears. Because what you, it's, a, it's a bit like if you imagine somebody was setting out on a journey, they were going to sail the Atlantic, they were going to go thousands of miles in a boat on their own. And they came up to me and they said, is there any way to set the rudder once at the start of the journey and then not touch it again because I'm busy and I want to do other stuff? And the answer is, of course you can, but you won't get to your destination. God knows where you'll end up because life doesn't work like that, does it? You know, I think this is the biggest source of our problems in life. And it's the biggest reason why we turn to drugs like alcohol to try and calm ourselves down a bit. Because what we, what's causing us the problem is our inability to accept the temporiness of life. We, our egos, you know, we have this voice in our head that is our ego. And it's always having an opinion, having judgments, telling us what we need to be happy, what we should have, what's fair, why we're better than that person, but not as good as that person. And it's always bleating on about what we should have if we want to be happy in this life. And I think this comes from fear. The ego lives in a constant state of terror because it is acutely aware that it is just a piece of meat inside our heads. And one day it will die. And it can't cope with this fact. It's terrified that this might be true. 
And so it spends our entire lives trying to force us to do the impossible, to create permanency in anything. It loves the concept of permanency. And that's why we like owning property, owning the best car, owning better things than our neighbors, getting married. It loves the concept of marriage because you're signing a document that says this relationship will last forever. It will never end because I've got a piece of paper. And if you're divorced like me and remarried, you'll know that's not true. But the ego loves the concept of permanency. And so it's always punishing us. It's giving us psychological pain to try and manipulate us to do anything that will demonstrate that. And I think that's why we turn to alcohol. Because it turns off parts of our brain. And it gives us peace from the noise of the ego. But there is no way of just dealing with your drinking and then somehow having this magical wave of peace spread through your life and, and, and deal with everything else. Because it doesn't work like that. You're always going to have to keep one hand on the tiller. And that is life. Because if it wasn't, then you would only ever have to go on one diet. If you ever put on weight, you'd go on a diet and that's it fixed. You would only have to bathe once in your life. That's it, I'm clean. That's it, that's, I don't need to do that again. Life is always going to involve making small adjustments and changes. And that means that just because you stop drinking doesn't mean that you can go and eat pizza every night and stuff yourself with cake. You're still going to have to monitor what you do in that regard. Doesn't mean that you can't get addicted to a different drug. You know, if you quit drinking and start smoking weed, it, does, it doesn't protect you from everything. It just deals with one problem. So... I'm sorry I can't give you a, you know, a simple solution, Michael. I think you're already dealing with this yourself because you said you can control these cravings. Um, but there is, there's no magic bullet apart from awareness, apart from being conscious of what is happening. Because that is more than half the battle. You know, I spent 10 years of my life with a drinking problem, but I was completely oblivious to it. I didn't know I had a drinking problem. And if you'd accused me of it, I would have got very upset with you and I would have defended myself and I would have told you nonsense like I can stop anytime I like or it's got it's none of your business. I'm not hurting anyone but me. That's pure denial. And that's the most dangerous place to be because you can't fix a problem that you're not aware of. So the great news, Michael, is that you, you've kind of got these little problems appearing in your life, but you're aware of them. And that's that's all you can ask for is to be aware and to take action. And that's how we deal with everything in life, isn't it? You know, you put a bit of weight on and you become aware of it. Now you have a choice. You deal with it or you don't. Uh, and that's, that's true of absolutely everything. So once again, I'm sorry it's not a really clear and concise answer, but I, I hope it makes sense. Now, let's talk about weight loss because uh, I had a couple of messages on the Facebook group where people have said, Craig, I've not had a drink for a month and I've not lost any weight. I'm outraged. I get this. Life thinks that it's funny. You know? Life's having a laugh at us. Um, I've recently started going to the gym um, again. 
I, I've had a very lazy couple of years in that regard because uh, I got married again and settled down and my wife is a great, fantastic cook and we just have a beautiful life. And I, I probably, you know, holding my hands up, I relaxed into it a little bit too much. And I put on about seven kilos over the last two, three years, something like that. So uh, about three months ago, I started going to the gym. Uh, I've got a personal trainer and I go, I work out for about six hours a week now. And last week was no different to any other week. I worked out for six hours and I jumped on the scales and I put on half a kilo. <laughs> and it's, it's so annoying. You think, what? Hang on a minute. I did six hours exercise and I put weight on. Are you having a laugh at me? What is this, some sort of joke? So I get it. But look, I think it's important when you stop drinking not to put time frames on things. Don't say that within three months, this is going to happen. Within a year, that's going to happen. Because you're setting yourself up for failure. Uh, I was coaching a guy um, for a few months, and he was getting more and more frustrated because he wasn't sleeping. And after three months of being sober, he said, this is ridiculous. It's, I'm, I'm three months clean, and I'm still not sleeping properly. It should have happened by now. Who says? Where, where is that written? Everyone is different. Everyone's body and chemistry and makeup is different. And things happen when they're meant to happen. And stop trying to force things to comply with your rules. Because they will happen. And trust me, when you stop drinking poison for fun and you get that out of your system, wonderful things are coming to you. But you get no say on when they arrive. All right. Now, one thing that happens when you stop drinking is your body has a little bit of shock to deal with because for decades you have had liquid fuel in your blood that has been put ahead of all other fuel sources. Part of the reason drinkers put on weight is because the fuel in the blood must be burnt first. And so fat oxidization stops and all the food that you eat gets stored straight as fat, and your body instead uses the ethanol that's in your system as a fuel. When you stop drinking, your body doesn't know what's happened. This, all of a sudden, this fuel supply is being cut off, and there is a sensation that there may be a, a famine, because suddenly there is vastly less calories available. And your body starts to panic a little bit, and it tries to motivate you to replace the fuel. And so what you might find is that you get a lot of sugar cravings. I never had a sweet tooth while I was a drinker. I was purely a savory man. You know, I like chips and dips and, uh, and, you know, that sort of stuff. I was never into cakes and sweets and biscuits and all those sweet things. And then when I stopped drinking, my God, I was buying, you know, bags of sweets by the packet load. And that is purely your body saying to you, wait, a fuel source has disappeared. And so you may not even be conscious of this, but perhaps you're eating more carbohydrates than you used to because your body is sending out the message that something is going wrong here. And like everything else, if you just give it enough time and if you just give it enough awareness, then the problem will fix itself. You know that eating chocolate every day, while it's enjoyable and while it, you, know, you get reward 
for responding to the craving, it's not going to be in your interest in the long run. And so just like we talked about at the start of the video, one hand on the tiller, you just need to make small corrections and be conscious of what is going on. If you find yourself craving more sweet stuff, understand why that's happening and respond accordingly. So if you're feeling frustrated because you're not losing weight, try not to panic about it. Try not to put so much focus on it. Try and up your level of exercise if you want some quicker results. But just enjoy the moment. Enjoy being sober. You know, focus on the good stuff. Forget about everything else because you've done something amazing. You know, you've taken this poison out of your life, this highly addictive drug that kills three million people every year. And so many people just can't stop drinking it. You did it. You did something amazing. Stop beating yourself up because, you know, now you want a Red Bull or now that you, you haven't lost any weight or now you don't sleep as well as you expected to. Just enjoy your victory and know that the rest of the good stuff is on the way. It's in the post. It's coming to you. I promise. Just chill out, will you? Right. Okay. Look, look, let's leave it there. If you have any questions, please email me, craig at craigbeck.com. Don't forget, sign up for the webinar today, stopdrinkingexpert.com. Please like and share, subscribe to my YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, and I will speak to you very, very soon.